0: Doug Limries and Tyler Shoemaker back with you talking about Ohio State football, national college football from a betting perspective. t Shoe and I will both make our picks around the Power Five. We should make a pick in each Power Five conference, so five picks coming up later. I did not lose a single pick last week, so a great week for me. I'll tell you, t Shoe, you were sick last week, so we took the week off. It was a burden lifted for me to not be publicly wrong with fake money. And I could just have in my head what I thought, and then only I knew who how wrong I was. So I actually, as much as I missed doing this podcast, because I do enjoy chopping it up with you every week, I kind of liked, I, I felt a sense of relief of not having to think about my losing bets on the weekend. Is that normal gambling thinking?
1: It is. and. Honestly, I I was a little nervous going into the weekend because I was like, man, I've been asleep all week. I, I haven't, you know, been monitoring the market as much as I normally do. Should I even have any bets? But uh, I, I tossed some best bets out there and, and had a profitable weekend nonetheless. So it was it was nice. But no, I, I did miss you last week, Doug.
0: So I so that actually now I feel worse again because Tyler's like I couldn't move I was in bed 18 hours a day but you know I still won money and I was like I sit here and bang my head again Tyler sick is still smarter than me healthy so we are glad to be back here we'll have our money making picks at the end and I have a particular we always get a, a piece of advice from T. Tshu I need advice because there's a thing that happened two weeks ago. The last time we had a show, when we made our picks, there was an outcome that left me, not surprisingly, disappointed that I want to figure out. Because the thing that I'm learning about this tissue is there's one thing to pick the teams that you want to bet on. But there is another thing to pick how you bet. And you do actually, I think, to a large degree, your advice early on was pick your unit and bet the same unit on every game really takes that part of the equation out of it to some degree. And so you can zero in on, I have a uh, a way of doing things, how I decide on the teams that I'm going to bet on. is. Do you dabble much in parlays? And I don't want to get, a. you know, we have stuff we'll talk about at the end, but is that partly why you do it to simplify the process so that for you it comes down to, just picking the right sides, the right teams, and you're not screwing yourself up by maybe picking the correct team, but making the wrong style of bet.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that that absolutely factors into it, not only from like a straight bet versus parlay standpoint, but, you know, like for instance, this week, I kind of um, grappled with like the Michigan game because my numbers love Michigan and they love the over and, you know, trying to decide like, well, do I want to bet? Michigan minus 31, or do I want to bet the over for the game, or do I want to bet the Michigan team total over? Like, what's the angle that I want to take to really maximize, you know, my value on this game? So uh, I think think that's all tied in together.
0: Because I do think I've had this happen a couple times this year, even when I've had the right read on a game. Like you said, I got caught up in, well, I'll bet the I'll bet the total instead of picking a side, or I I think this, but I'm a little scared of it. But I had a situation that really I felt like I I got burned on with the style of bet that I made, and that's what we want to talk about at the end of this podcast when we get to the advice. But we always start off with the Ohio State bet of the week, and this is another gigantic line. Nathan, Stephen, and I, when we recorded our pod, we had Ohio State favored by 38 no, 39 and a half. Ohio State minus 39 and a half. The total at 58 and a half. I just saw it again at 40 Ohio State minus. Um, what do your numbers? I always like to know. You've stated many times if people took last week off and forgot what T. Shoe says. The numbers really get thrown off on Ohio State, betting Ohio State straight up totals or Ohio State minus the points or whatever is not normally where you dabble. But what do your numbers tell you about where you think this line should be for the Buckeyes in Indiana?
1: Yeah, I was I was actually really surprised how in line with the market my numbers were because, you know, after a weird game like last week that like I almost kind of just want to throw out from a data standpoint, even despite that still obviously being Integrated in the numbers, my my projection came out. I'm at like right at Ohio State minus 41 uh, on the okay. total. I'm a little higher. Uh, I project the total at 63, uh, but I mean it's not, which is is another strange thing because you know my numbers for the most part this year have been more leaning on the unders. So the fact that they played that Northwestern game last week and then I'm still projecting an over. Um, I think that
0: bodes well for our for Ohio Ohio, uh, Ohio State pick this week, which is I also like that over. That over feels right to me. Where is that? Where we're going? We are going back to Old Faithful. I mean, if, if my number <laughs> if,
1: if if my numbers are, are projecting an over, Ryan Day's talking I'll all week about it. how they need to have a fast start, be, get the offense back in rhythm. What what better way to do that than a first quarter over thirteen and a half? It just feels it's only right.
0: 13 and a half. Cash that, bet. Just go cash it right now. Do one of those things where, like, the, the company, you give them your paycheck and they give you your money early. Take <laughs> this betting slip in and say, I know this is going to cash, but I want my money on Friday. Let's roll. 13 and a half. That's a guaranteed over. You know what? Can I give you a secret? Don't tell anybody because they're supposed to go watch the video that we do for outrageous predictions. My outrageous prediction is seven touchdown passes for C.J. Stroud. I think they go hot and heavy and early and they get on it. They need a get well game offensively. And this is the time to do it just because last week was so weird. I think they want to stretch some muscles. And I love this first quarter over. Are you that 13 and a half number? That's where right
1: yeah, I mean, that's where it's been. I don't understand why or how odds makers aren't shading these first quarters to like 14 and a half. Because at 14 and a half, I, I wouldn't take it. Because then you're like, well, you know, two touchdowns and then maybe you're driving on, on a third one and the quarter ends. Like, But 13 and a half, I'll, I'll take my chances. Again, I think Ohio State going to cover this the, themselves. But, you know, even if Indiana contributes a field goal here like that, that's just cherry on top.
0: And I think there's a tempo aspect to this. I mean, Ryan Day talked about it. Indiana likes to play fast. Ryan Day has said he expects them to continue to do that. As 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 Nathan Baird pointed out on the preview pod, it's like, oh, just what a bad team should do. Play poorly quickly. Oh, that seems like a great idea against Ohio State. But we also, the, the times that you maybe get a little nervous about an over with Ohio State in a situation is are they going to face somebody who's going to try to hold the ball? Are they going to try to milk the clock. Are they going to try to sit on it? Are they going to run the ball and just try to keep it away from Ohio State? But this feels like I think I think Ohio State could have three or four possessions in the first quarter and get three and outs and boom they're punting it back in ninety seconds. And so to think that they're they're going to have multiple opportunities I feel I feel really good. I I we took one week off and I was like, oh yeah, I wonder what the bet it's gonna be. And now we're all home. We're home, T Shoe. It feels good to yep. be home together.
1: It, it it does. Well, and I have here in my notes too exactly what you said. Indiana plays with the fastest tempo in the country, which I don't know why when your offense sucks, why you would want to play that fast, but they do. So they play really fast. Ohio State's mad. Like you said, this is a get right game. I, I think this I feel great about this.
0: Okay. This is good. I don't know. I don't know if you listened last week because I'm gonna I'm gonna ask another question now. We're we're doing all the advice stuff right in the, right in the beginning. We're throwing it in. Last week, um, I liked the under for Ohio State and our um, prop bet pick. Mine was like CJ Stroud 293 and a half passing yards under, and so. I I felt like we all knew we were talking about that weather forecast all week. Again, like it was almost like worse than you thought, but you knew wind was going to be a factor. Rain was maybe going to be a factor. I said, it's a little bit weird to make a bet and then like root for wind. But, but like the idea of like an under on CJ's big passing number, an under generally on the game, when do you, or do you not allow weather to become a huge component in a bet? That would maybe even lead you away from your numbers because that's going to be such a factor, you're not going to get the game you're going to get, you expect to get. And I was a little surprised. We had talked about last week against Northwestern. I think the over under started off at sixty one and a half. It was down to fifty five and a half. And a six point move on the total is a is a pretty big move, right? Yep. But yep. still it's like they they couldn't get it. It started so high, it felt like they couldn't get it down low enough, right? Because don't if you drop it too low, then all of a sudden aren't people gonna maybe middle you up or I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Now, I'm just yep. it up Exa- exactly. exactly. You're a little beholden to your opening number, are you not? I feel once they started at 61 and a half, they couldn't get it down low enough. And there was really an opportunity on the, the total of the under there, in addition to like every number offensively. How do you handle weather games?
1: Yeah, no, that that's a great question. I So I generally, I think just in reading kind of what other like-minded people have to say about it and... Uh, just people I respect kind of seeing what information they put out about it. I think I'm a little more conservative in terms of, so for instance, when there's like 15 or 20 mile an hour winds projected, I really, I don't do much with that information. I, okay. I, if I, if I like an under like that may be like, Oh, okay. Well I like the under, and there's going to be some wind like that maybe makes me like it 2% more. But if I'm like, okay, I like this over, and there's fifteen mile an hour winds, like that doesn't that doesn't do a whole lot for me. But in the case of like last week, literally on the on the app that I use, the forecast said dangerous dangerous winds. So like that that is when I would that's when I was like, okay, like I, I'm not even gonna play this total because I who knows how, how crazy it's gonna get. So Yeah. And and then and then you run into the conversation of like, okay, there's gonna be a lot of winds so they can't pass, but then what happens if either the running game gets going or defenders are slipping all over the place? You know, if if it's wet, you know, in, in the case of rain, it's like, well, maybe the defense is going to be slipping all over the place and it's going to result in a bunch of more touchdowns. So I, I generally am more conservative um, adjusting to weather than I think some people are like there. There are systems out there that's like if the wind is 15 miles an hour, I'm playing the under no matter what. And I... I would, I personally would never do that, but there are people that do that.
0: And I do think at least it's one of those where maybe taking the weather into account would lead you to stay away from a bet that you otherwise like, right? So I do think it's, again, sometimes, you know, that that game was so extreme, and that's the word that Ryan Day kept using all this past week, looking back on it, extreme, not just bad, but extreme, extreme, extreme. And it's a reminder that if you're going to do this kind of thing, you probably should peek at the weather. Right. To get some idea. And again, maybe in the end, I think, you know, I'm just like bragging because I didn't make any fake bets. But like the things I liked were the unders. Right. And I I think I might have actually bet those in a circumstance because it felt like it really was coming, and the lines had not caught up to that. Um, But it's weird to bet on weather. It's like, do I think C.J. Stroud in a normal situation can throw for 293 yards against Northwestern? Absolutely. And then you're betting on weather. It's like, oh, the front blew through in the morning, and it's 1030, and it's beautiful out. And you're like, no, I Mother Nature is kill And that's a weird spot to be in, that the forecast yeah. changed. And now your bet's dead in your mind. Well, and
1: that, We saw that early early in the season um, when the the first hurricane was coming through this fall. Early in the week, there were like a bunch of games here in the southeast where totals got bet down like seven, eight points. There was like a North Carolina game in particular that I that I remember. The total got bet down seven, eight points. The hurricane like came through two days early, so then the line got bet back up. So there were a ton of people that did have like you said, uh, huge middles on that game, okay. or on on those games.
0: So I think I think being aware of the weather is good. Betting your life savings on weather, not as good. Right. right. So don't don't let it take you too far away um, from where you maybe normally would be. OK, so we are hitting that again, that Ohio State total. It's the total first quarter total 13 and a half. That means both teams. All you need is two touchdowns any way, shape or form from the teams combined in the first quarter. And you're going to win. And we like where that is when we come back. We'll make some picks around the power five next on Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. Douglas Maurice and Tyler Shoemaker. Tyler, we've been away for a week. Just remind the good people. If they're like, oh yeah, no, no, these guys, I love these guys. What how can they follow you during the week? What kind of information are you putting out? You're 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 keeping the stuff flowing even when you're not on the podcast. Where can they get that info?
1: Yep, definitely follow me on Twitter at BuckeyeTie23. I'm tweeting out all my personal bets uh, minutes after I make them, so you can always uh, generally get get the same lines that I'm getting. I hate to tweet out you know stale lines, so I'm I'm tweeting those lines out right after I bet them. Tweeting out you know as I'm digging through the previous week or you know the earlier season games as I'm as I'm digging out you know some trends and nuggets. I always tweet those out, so a lot a lot of good information there. So definitely make sure you follow me. Um, definitely enjoy all the interaction with everyone.
0: All right, go find him on Twitter. Uh I went two and three the last time we did this. So my record now is down to uh eighty-one and twenty-seven on the year. That's pretty good. Wait, I'm sorry. 18 and 27 on the year is my record. I'm down nine. So that's not hot. Uh you're losing money if you're listening to me. But you know, maybe don't be listening to me too much. We'll make our power five picks. I'm gonna start T with and I don't like the, I don't like, I'm not. This is not the goal to be part of the news, but I do believe officially, I think it's possible that the Le Maurice turbocharging of the Brian ferentz Kirk Ferrance offense may have run its course because the last two weeks against Northwestern and Purdue, uh, Iowa has been playing competent offensive football. And I think they scored 33 on Northwestern and like 27 on Purdue. They took care of business against Purdue last week. Iowa is playing Wisconsin this week. It is one of two really big games in the Big Ten West. Purdue, Illinois is the most important one. But if Purdue beats Illinois, then the winner of Iowa-Wisconsin is right in the race to win the Big Ten West. And it could be Iowa. Wisconsin is minus one and a half at Iowa. And I think no matter how nasty my tone may be perceived i'm not sure it can turbocharge an offense to three great weeks so i think things run out for the hawkeyes i'll take wisconsin minus one and a half at iowa wisconsin they didn't they didn't uh have a mean reporter say stuff they just fired their coach so i think that like motivated them i actually think they're maybe getting it together in a more real way than iowa is so i'll take the badgers here um or I, I, how do you how do you take mean questions from reporters into account into your algorithm, Tishu? Is that something that factors in when you're trying to break down a team?
1: It, it's called the Doug factor. Yeah, I, yep. I do. Yep. I do have that.
0: Uh, I try to explain the Doug factor to my wife sometimes, and she is she is not buying it. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm taking Wisconsin minus one and a half. What is your Big Ten pick?
1: Uh, so I like that pick, and I. I'm going to take Michigan and Nebraska over 48. Uh, like I said earlier, this is one that I kind of went back and forth about how I wanted to approach it. Um, but I, I project this total at 60. I know Casey Thompson, the quarterback from Nebraska, is not playing. So I'm, I'm not counting on much from Nebraska here. But I, I honestly think Michigan's going to hit this themselves. Uh, and then if Nebraska contributes anything, then great. But I've, I've got Michigan third in offense and Nebraska is 118th in defense. So I, I, I wow. think Michigan's going to hit this by themselves.
0: Tell you what, Michigan, it's like Michigan was sputtering a little bit uh, early against Rutgers last week, and then they get rolling like that, 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 Their offense just kind of eventually comes around. Um, 48 does seem, I I like what you're saying. That's always a nice over to bet. Is like when you think there's a decent chance the one team gets there by itself. That's actually kind of where I am with the Ohio State over this week. I know you said your number is actually higher than the line for Ohio State. I I don't think it's impossible for Ohio State to get to 60 um, by itself against Indiana. So I, I do like the Ohio State over for the same reason this week. What is your SEC bet this week, Tishu?
1: SEC, this is kind of uncharacteristic of me, but I'm going to lay 20 and a half points here with Tennessee. Uh, You know, generally, I don't like to bet on teams the week after they've played a huge game. And obviously, Tennessee played a monster one last week. But for that reason, I am going to lay the points with them because their stock's not going to be any lower than it is right now after. I mean, they only lost by 14, but anyone that watched that game knows that they were not in it at all at really at any point after the first couple of drives. So, Tennessee. Their playoff hopes are still alive, but they're going to need style points from here on out, and they're going to need some help. Uh, so I think they're going to have to just blow the doors off of, it, of everyone from here on out, and Missouri is a good uh, good start to do that.
0: I, I like this. So this is one of those, again, where your numbers lead you somewhere, but then when you factor in something like they need style points, I think that's very real. On the College Football Survivor Show this week, Shahanjay Hiraja and I were talking about the teams that control their own destinies. I think some people – are believing too much that Tennessee is in a really good spot with where they are. They're fifth in the ratings right now. But I think we have to remember that the playoff committee really does value, I think, conference titles. But they don't apply that value until you get to conference championship weekend. So, I mean, like, yes, I understand that Tennessee's ahead of everybody from the Pac-12 right now. But if you have a one-loss Pac-12 champ, whether it's USC, UCLA, or Oregon – I think that team is going to pass Tennessee, would be higher than the, in the rankings than Tennessee. But the whole point is, all Tennessee, they don't have any good opponents left. They're not going to be in the SEC championship game. All they have left tissue to impress anybody is style points. So if your numbers are telling you something, and then you you varnish that, right? I don't varnish. My deck is a mess. My fence looks like it's a, my fence in my backyard is like 25 years old. It looks like it's 125 years old, but I'm not good with the varnish. But you've varnished the numbers with style point, the necessity of style point. And that's one of those things. Like in the NFL, you don't do stuff like that. The NFL is cold, hard facts. College football, there is an emotional component of this. And I know you would never tell anybody, bet on emotion. But if you can slather some emotion on top of the cold, hard facts to reinforce what your numbers are thinking, I think that can be very real. And so I'm going to go kind of along the lines of this. This team doesn't need style points, but I just think they're feeling stylish because I think they're feeling good about themselves. So I'll take Georgia minus 16 at Mississippi State. I just think Georgia got its groove back. Stetson got his groove back. Not Stella. That's the that's the male... Uh, sequel to Stella got her groove back. Stetson got his groove back, hit three deep balls against Tennessee early. They did what they needed to do. Like you said, they they dominated in a way that the scoreboard didn't reflect. So I, Georgia minus 16 at Mississippi State, that 16 feels a little light to me. I don't know. I just think they're going to put their best foot forward again. And so after that big matchup, we're taking both sides of it. You're giving the points with Tennessee. I'll give the points with Georgia, although again that style point consideration is not really the same kind of thing. Um, Pack twelve pick for you, Tishu. What you got?
1: I'm going to go UCLA and Arizona under 77 and a half. I mean, this is a huge number. I mean, it just a lot has to go right to go over 77 and a half. Now, I will caveat this by saying I realize Arizona and USC just went over a similar number a couple weeks ago, so like it's not out of the realm of possibility, but one UCLA's defense is much better than USC's. I I project this only at 66. So, and totals in the 70s are 11 and 3 to the under this year. So, I'm just I'm just going to play the math here and and hope that Arizona's offense can't do as much against UCLA's defense uh, as they did against USC's.
0: Okay, uh I like that pick because it's, it's going to correspond with another one that I have coming up and I'm going to steal your math on that. But for the Pac-12, I'm going to take Oregon minus 13 at Washington. I keep taking these these road teams. I'm giving points. Um, I've been burned by Washington earlier this year, kind of believing in them. Oregon's got it going. Uh, I'm kind of Over like sort of questioning Oregon. I just think now they have a big game coming up the following week with Utah. That's going to be super important for them. This is like their easiest game left. They'll end with Utah. Then they have the rivalry game with Oregon State. They're absolutely in playoff position. But I just feel like having lost money on Washington enough times this year. Michael Penix in big games. I'm kind of assuming now he's going to make a mistake. That's really going to hurt him. I also could feel a backdoor cover coming on this. Because it feels like Washington's been that kind of team. That, you know, they're down... 17 and they score with 90 seconds left and, and beat me but I'm just going to believe in Oregon, believe in the way that Bo Nix is playing and I'll take Oregon minus 13 um, in this game and in the ACC I'm going to do what you did North Carolina, Wake Forest, the number, the total is 77 for the UCLA Arizona game you said it was 77 and a half, I'm going to go under that Just and, and I don't, I didn't have the math behind it, you said it's The under is 11 out of 14 times. When the total is 70 or more, it's gone under. So I'll lean into that. I mean, this is two big-time quarterbacks, Drake May and uh, Sam Hartman. We we know that. We know the North Carolina defense is certainly iffy. Um, I just feel like, again, the thing that to me, T. is in, in a game like this, like to get to 77, both offenses have to play quite well. And when you have... Teams like this, like North Carolina and Wake Forest, that are both very good offensive teams. Sometimes I just think, well, are they both going to have it? Like, are they both going to rise to the occasion in a game that really matters? North Carolina is trying to win its division and get to the ACC Championship game. This is really important, right? Wake is trying to, you know, have the best season it can have. I just think that's a big number, and I don't like even with quarterbacks that good. I'll go under the 77 in North Carolina. Wake, is is there anything about that matchup that is very different from UCLA, Arizona that it's not a good comparison that I'm making here.
1: Only that I don't think there's a defensive unit in that game as good as the UCLA defense. But again, when you're talking almost an 80 point total, I mean, just so much has to go right, especially like in the red zone. Like, I mean, if you have two red zone trips that result in a field goal like that, that over is probably dead. So, um, just so much has to go right again. Like I'm pretty sure last year, those two teams, played a game and combined for over 100. So like it, it's possible when you get these high totals that the offenses do just win the day. But I, I'll play the math and just historically, totals that high go under way more often than they go over.
0: Okay, so I feel good about that. What's your ACC pick?
1: My ACC pick, I'm going to take Louisville plus seven against Clemson. Mm,
0: I was this, looking at this one. Give this me your Clemson one, breakdown here.
1: Yeah, this is one where... Normally, I would be looking to bet on Clemson here after last week, after a big letdown. But, man, they really struggled to defend the run. Louisville runs it really well and has a really good mobile quarterback in Malik Cunningham. Um, I've got the Clemson defense ranked 38th. I mean, I think they are so overrated defensively. And I had been kind of like saying that all year, and I'd been tweeting like, Man, like the numbers just don't love Clemson. So either my numbers are wrong or Clemson's a fraud and they're going to get exposed and then like man, they got taken to the woodshed last week by by Notre Dame, which obviously from an Ohio State standpoint was was great to see, but as far as this game, I I've got the Louisville defense rated higher than than Clemson's hmm. offense. So like I just think Louisville's going to going to have a chance to win this game, but I think it's going to be tight either way. Uh so I'll take the 7 with Louisville.
0: Okay. Last one for me. This is a lot like the Oregon pick. I'm going to lean into teams in the playoff race. We've underestimated... It's one of these things. Is there a trend? I guess there probably is. I think we've all underestimated TCU, and they keep coming back and winning, and the playoff committee keeps saying, well, they have to keep coming back. And it's like, yeah, well, they keep coming back and winning. And after the first playoff rankings... a lot of people thought TCU was ranked too low. Now TCU is fourth in the second playoff rankings. And I think some people were like, oh, wow, I'm kind of surprised I gave them that much respect. They're ahead of Tennessee, for instance. So tennis, uh, TCU is at Texas. TCU is undefeated. TCU is the number four team in the country. And they're seven point underdogs at Texas. And I don't know. They don't even have to win. Like they could just, but they just have done it enough times. And I know um, there's some stats out there on Quinn Ewers that like is, it's not been great the last few weeks. So I I just feel like there's probably a lot of like Vegasy things that like the, this is the thing I I, I get a, I don't get aggravated, but sometimes when people are like oh like let Vegas pick the playoffs, it's like well setting lines is different than like rewarding teams for winning games and stuff. And at some point I'm not mad at Vegas. I'm not mad. I was born in Vegas. I'm not mad at Vegas. I would never be mad. At, you know I was born in Vegas, right, Tishu? You know I was born yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Born in Vegas and got the whole horse track. And I mean, you're yeah. you're way more
0: qualified to be here than I am. Absolutely, yeah. If only I was. If only uh, the only thing, only thing I fall short being good at betting. Oh, if I could just get over <laughs> the hump there. Um. So I'm not mad at Vegas, but like, there's just stuff like this sometimes. It's like what? It's like TCU is a seven-point underdog to what like a Texas team that is has a I think a decently high ceiling but certainly it's flawed. I feel like you're looking at me you're going to take Texas. I'm taking TCU plus. I know it now I'm just do TCU plus 7 against the Longhorns. I'll I'll ride with TCU. Go ahead and do it. Take Quinn Ewers. Go ahead and do it.
1: <laughs> I couldn't even I couldn't even help myself. So the Quinn Ewers thing that you mentioned does is that is real and that that is my concern here, but I'm going to lay 7 with Texas here and here's oh. why. I project this at 8 so you know not not a ton of line value here, but TCU had like a weird early season bye week if I'm not mistaken. So they've played a ton of games and important games in a row and I mentioned that like a couple of weeks ago and they've played a couple more since then with with no bye. So I mean from a fatigue standpoint, they've got to be getting there. Texas Still, I mean, is is power rated really high for me? Um, I mean, the metrics just just love them. The other thing here, from like the situational standpoint, is that, like you said, TCU now finally cracks the top four, and it's like, yes, we made it, we're in the top four. But generally, teams that are not used to having that type of expectation on them do not perform well that first week when they get those expectations thrust on them. So I, just, I think this is the spot where, where TCU finally cracks. They've been very fortunate. They've played multiple backup quarterbacks. Uh, they probably would have lost to Kansas State if not for two quarterback injuries in that game for Kansas State. So I think this is finally the week that this all catches up with them. Um, and I've got Texas rated higher on both sides of the ball. So I'm, I'm going to lay seven here with Texas.
0: That all sounds very Vegasy tissue i hope you're happy uh eight straight weeks this is their eighth straight week in a row their buy was in week three so that's that's that kind of stuff inside the game that i i I think really matters and again listen there is a luck component to this right you fight your your tails off to come back in games and they played four straight ranked opponents at at one point in this stretch and you deserve all the credit in the world There is some luck involved, right? There's some bad luck for Texas in the Alabama game, stuff like that, that again, Texas is, they they probably should have beaten Alabama. Then they lose to Texas tech while Quinn Ewers is out. So it's like the the Texas that you're evaluating now, it's like TCU really is undefeated, but you know, probably shouldn't be. And Texas has a bunch of, I think three losses, but like, honestly, like this version of Texas um, is, is much better than a, than a six and three team. So now I'm just, Now I'm just talking myself out of my own bet. (laughs) Betting the Buckeyes. (laughs) Welcome to Betting the Buckeyes, where Doug talks himself out of his own bet all the time, which is probably a good idea because, I'm again, only nine games under 500 in my Power 5 picks this year. All right. Those are our Power 5 picks. When we come back, it's money-making time. And potentially, possibly, could it be the return of whoo, whoo? We'll find out next on Betting the Buckeyes. Douglas Maurice and Tyler Shoemaker. My daughter's elementary school, their mascot was the owls. So I'm partial to owls. I have owl clothing. Um, owls are smart. Owls also sell Tootsie Pops, which I like Tootsie Pops. So I'm not saying you have to pick rice this week, but I'm just saying you might want to give the people what they want because you did have the flu last week. So anyway, it's up to you. Whatever the numbers tell you, but you give us three best bets and you give us an upset special. You want to start with the upset or you want to start with the best bets? Uh, we can
1: start with the upset. I'm going to take Syracuse plus 235 on the money line against Florida State. Uh, and it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, basically these teams, from a metric standpoint, are even. I would project this game like Florida State minus a point and a half. So basically a coin flip. So I'm just... From just a math standpoint, I'm gonna take take the odds here. And and situationally, Syracuse is coming off with of three straight losses after being ranked. Florida State now is that team that's been thrust into the top twenty five, has expectations for the first time since I don't Jameis Winston left. I don't know. And and this game's at the carrier dome, which is is a difficult place to play. So I'm gonna take Syracuse here on the money line.
0: I like it. And again, I like it. This is like the numbers are telling you like this is and then, but you analyze the spot and at plus 235, that's, that's a good number for what, for a home team in a toss up game. And on the money line, you're, you're at plus 235. I mean, that's just one of those, of it's worth the dice roll a little bit to try to hit. We've
1: been, we've been pretty, uh, pretty hot on these. We've hit two of the last three. Uh, so we've been, we've, uh, we've been profitable on these, uh, for the year.
0: All right. I like it. All right. That's our upset special. Let's go to the best bets. What's best bet number one?
1: Best bet number one. This is a Friday night game. Um, This is East Carolina plus five and a half against Cincinnati. I mean, I I don't know how many times we've faded Cincinnati this year, but it, it keeps paying off because they are just not really as good as the market has tried to tell us all year. And again, like I know at this point, Preseason projection is is very little in the numbers for the odds makers, but it is still in there, and Cincinnati's still reaping the benefit. Um, I, w- I would make this like Cincinnati minus two, but here's the thing. Cincinnati's been the class of the AAC here for the last few years. ECU has played some really big games this year. They played NC State on the road, played them really tight. They beat UCF, and they beat BYU at BYU, so they're not going to come into Nippert Stadium and be intimidated here. And the Cincinnati offense is ranked 74th uh, in my offensive efficiency metrics. They've only scored 30 points one out of their last five games. And ECU's averaging 33 over their last five. So I, I just think ECU, I, I won't be surprised if they win this game outright, but I'll definitely take the, the five and a half points.
0: Last four games for Cincinnati, a loss to Central Florida and two of their three wins by fewer than five and a half points. So they've been playing some tight ones. Uh, so taking East Carolina plus five and a half. Best bet number two.
1: I'm going to take Navy plus 15 and a half against Notre Dame. This is again just a perfect situational spot. Notre Dame coming off, you know, their season-defining win that you know altered the the college football playoff picture because Clemson effect uh, is effectively out now because of that. Um, I mean, both teams want to run the ball. They they both want to do the same thing, but this spot for Notre Dame, it's going to be hard enough. It would be hard enough for them to come off that win and play anybody. But now you have to turn around and play a triple option team service academy. That, that's just a very difficult thing to do and lay 15 points, 15 and a half points in the process. So I'm going to take the points here with Navy.
0: Navy is three and six, six of their losses, uh, six losses, four of the six losses by fewer than 15 and a half. So you guys know the service academies. They grind it out. They eat up clock. They run the ball. That Notre Dame is a defense first team without like a incredibly dynamic offense. It's going to be a low possession game. Like Notre Dame slowed it down and wanted a low possession game, like against Ohio state. This feels like very reasonable, like kind of like 20 to seven kind of thing yep. that 15 and a half just feels like a big number here for this type of matchup. And then you add in the spot for Notre Dame. And I think a lot yep. of it makes sense. Which leads us to only one more opportunity.
1: No, no Rice this weekend. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I we were almost betting against Rice. And I was like, gosh, am I getting kicked off the podcast if I do that? So I had to, <laughs> had to find a substitute. Uh, so we're going to go to your guy, Bert. And we're going to lay six and a half points with Illinois here. Uh, this is one that the number loves projected at 12. And also, I like the spot here with Illinois coming off of the loss to Michigan State um i mean they still control their own destiny in the big 10 west so like they've they've got no no more room for error basically i think they they can come out here and you know they don't even have to quote unquote make a statement but they're gonna beat purdue by by a touchdown here so I, i i would take this at seven you know so by the time this comes out if it's at seven i would still take it um but anything seven or better i i really like illinois here in this spot
0: and i just feel like it purdue just feels like an inconsistent team i mean they're they're I don't know. I, I I don't know that I trust Purdue um, in a spot here. They have a ceiling a little bit. I mean, the quarterback play and the the play calling of Jeff Brom gives you a little bit of a ceiling. But this feels like a Bert. A, his name is Brett. Technically, his name is Brett. This feels like a Brett Bielema it out again, kind of like 19 to 6, you know, kind of game where I think um, the only thing here, I mean, it's one of these things. Like, how do you factor this in? I do think it's 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 something that people need to think about when they bet. You know, a number's a number, but with the style of play, like the percentage of points that a team scores, that six and a half for Illinois is different than six and a half for Ohio State because of the right. style they play. The only thing here to me would be that six and a half number that Illinois could play like a really convincing, get a convincing win that maybe is still like, 14-10, but super convincing. Is there anything about yeah. sort of a defense-first, run-the-ball, low-scoring team that makes you worried about a six-and-a-half number?
1: There is, and well, and that's why, like, I, even though my projection is 12, that's why I probably wouldn't bet this at, at seven-and-a-half or higher because okay. of that exact thing. I, I think they can win by a touchdown, but also, too, I would be a little more scared if... Purdue had a defense that could stop Illinois' run game, but I don't think they do. I think I think Chase Brown's still gonna be able to run. I think they're gonna be able to to do what they do on offense, which isn't a ton, but it's gonna be enough. And I think defensively, I think they'll they'll be able to do enough to keep uh keep Purdue in check and, and win this by a touchdown.
0: Okay. That leads us to the betting tip of the week, which we may rename the Doug Needs Help tip of the week. Because what I've been wondering about it is, is parlays, T. And I'll tell you why. It's because two weeks ago, last time we were on here, uh, I was in Pennsylvania, as we recorded, to cover uh, Ohio State at Penn State. And Pennsylvania has legalized sports betting. So this was a bet, this was a bet that I actually put down. And it was, I did a three-team money line parlay. And it was the Notre Dame... Syracuse game where Notre Dame has an underdog, which is one of my picks on here that I liked. And I felt like we had a read on that. And then it was two other games that I liked the reads that we had on it. And it ended up that the second game won. uh, And then the third game, I think it was one of those that you would call it's like, it felt like you were on the right side and it didn't like work out. Right. So, so, so I went two and one. And what I bet with that money line, parlay, I think I bet $3. And if I had won, I would have won $52. When you know, and a parlay for people who are especially new to this is like you sort of are, are stacking all the bets on top of each other. It's almost like you're doubling down or tripling down, but then you have to hit everything or you get nothing. And so I went two and one in three games that I felt good about, and I felt in the end like oh, I had pretty good reads and I've got nothing. Whereas if I just would have bet those three games separately, I certainly wouldn't have had a payoff that was going to be as high as like 14 to one. But I would have won money because I would have had two that were right and one that was wrong, and they were all money line bets, so they were all plus odds. So it was all it would have been a nice little return. But I will tell you, T especially my instinct, because I am a low money better, betting three dollars. Part of me is like, well, I could bet $3 on this game, even on a money line, but it's like I'm gonna win like four dollars and seventy cents. Why not make it a parlay and try to hit it big? And then the whole thing, I don't know if you know about this tissue, t- the whole thing with parlays is nobody ever wins on them. They never come in because you have to win two or three or four bets, which is why the number gets jacked up. But the, the, the casinos, the sports books have to make money hand over fist on parlays. So what is the view of parlays? If I have, th- say I have three games where I like the underdog and I want to bet the money line on three underdogs. What's the advice of just bet three separate money lines versus try to do a three-team money line parlay that if it hits, is going to pay off a lot more, but you're really setting yourself up potentially to wind up with nothing. How should I be thinking about parlays?
1: So this was a really good question, and I thought about it a lot today. And I think – so The the analogy that I make in my head with parlays – one, you just have to ask yourself like, am I betting because I want to like be serious about betting and like really try to squeeze out every bit of value and opportunity I can? Or am I just like, is this just straight entertainment? I don't expect to win a penny. I just want to have fun. And if you're if you're the second one, then by all means, do it. So the analogy I made in my head was like, it's kind of like buying lottery scratch-offs. It's like... I mean, I don't expect to win, but man, it is fun to get that quarter and just scratch away and hope that you can you know can go to the gas station and, and cash that puppy in, but you don't expect to ever come out ahead in those scenarios. It's just fun to do. So if you're just a casual recreational better and like betting is one hundred percent entertainment value to you, then by all means like throw in that three dollar parlay and and hope that it cashes and, and you get your fifty two dollar payout. I personally, because I'm like trying to grind and and squeeze out every little bit of value that I can. I, I don't play any parlays just because you, there's a lot of math here. I'm going to keep it extremely simple. So you basically do not get true odds with a parlay. So like Hmm. you said, because, because the books know that like, okay, if this hits, like we have to pay out exponentially on these, as opposed to if they just straight bet them, they, they charge more juice, basically more vig, So the house has a bigger hold on parlays. So you're not getting true odds uh, from, from what you actually should be getting uh, based on the, the probability of, of hitting all those bets.
0: So I think I probably would characterize myself as a casual gambler. Who's just doing it for fun, but I do have two caveats to that. One is I like money and two is when I lose, it makes me sad and mad. So the thing that I get worried about with parlays is, hey, I'm going to keep doing. It. I'll put two dollars on this parlay, three dollars on this parlay, and then at, like at the end of the month, I haven't won a single thing. You know, like it's like, oh, I'm oh for seventeen, and it's not that I read every single game the wrong way. It's that there were some games, which is what I was talking about earlier. Like you read the game the right way, and then you just bet it poorly. But it's hard because sometimes I think, well. If I'm betting three bucks, what's the point of trying to win, especially if it's not a money line? If it's just a straight bet and it's like, oh, I'm betting three bucks on this team, you know, at minus 120, it's like, oh, I'm going to win like $2.60. What's the point? And I think maybe the point would be winning is better than losing and some money is better than no money. But it is sometimes hard because I'm always going to be a low money better. And I think this is relatable to a lot of people because the one thing I was a little bit surprised about when you start getting on the apps and you start doing the betting on your phone. And again, I I was in Pennsylvania. It's been legal there for a while. So that's why I could do it. You can't do it in Ohio right now. January 1st, you can. Um, It's like, what's the point? I'm only going to try to win big money. But then I swear, like uh, there are times when it's like I'd never win. It's not like I win like, oh, I only win 30% of the time. I never win. But it's cuz I'm doing goofy bets all the time, and I think I need to shake that because goofy bets are fun, but also losing every single time is not fun. So, I think I'm parlay crazy.
1: It and it that's an easy trap to fall into. I remember like 2016-2017 when I when I first started recreationally betting. I was doing that like at least like one or two a week where I was you know doing like a 5 teamer or, or or like a $1 or $2 like 10 teamer just something crazy with like a $1200 payout and it's like yeah that'd be great if that hit but did I ever hit one no because right. the odd, the odds of hitting of going 5 and 0 or 10 and 0 are I mean it's just astronomical and then even if you do you're still getting underpaid on the payout based on the actual probability of it so it's just a, a losing proposition long term but again, if if betting is just a source of entertainment value for you, that's perfectly fine. Consider it a lottery scratch
0: off. But but I do think the the one bet that I hit this the one. I think I've hit one bet. And I haven't made that many, because I only can do it if I was visiting my mom or my daughter at college in Illinois is also has the same thing. You can bet in Illinois. I hit the right one of the rice bets one week. And I bet, like, I don't know what I bet, five bucks, I think, and I won four dollars and sixty cents. And I felt great joy in my heart and in my soul. And so I have to remind myself of that. I, I would say in the end, is it maybe correct if you are a small money better, it's still okay to make some straight bets sometimes because it's not fun to always lose. And so don't fall so deep in the parlay trap. It's the only stuff you do.
1: Yeah. And well, I mean, and two, whether you're a small money better or big money better, like you want to be able to build your bankroll so that you're not constantly like having to put more money on your account or whatever. So even if you're, you know, betting five bucks at a time, you know, if, if you're say you bet, make five bet, five straight bets on a weekend at five bucks a piece, you know, if you're going three and two, which is 60%, which is great, you know, you're coming out Eight bucks ahead every weekend. Like after a month or two, like you're now, you can probably afford to bet a couple more bucks per bet, and that that's just kind of how you how
0: you build your bankroll and, and manage your money. Or maybe throw some money on a worthless, sure to lose <laughs> parlay, but at least you're throwing the books' money on it, not your own, because you build up some bets winning exactly. straight. Lines. Okay, just be careful. Parlays are fun, but you can tell yourself, "I'm only doing it for fun. It's only casual." It's really for entertainment, but I still on occasion have grabbed the scratch off lottery ticket, scratched it off in the parking lot and like punched a hole in my car when I didn't win. (laughs) Right. Haven't we all done that? And then you got to buy the new window in your car in addition to losing the three bucks on the scratcher. You got to play the Powerball. (laughs) I I, I swear when my dad, my my late father, um, near the end. There's a casino near my parents' house, and like that—that that is their entertainment. It's at the track where I went to when I was 18. Uh, Penn National. It's Penn at the track. I think I said this. The track I grew up going to is like Penn National Gaming, like launched out of that. It's like Penn National. That's like the, you know, those are like the worst horses you can find. who are running there, but my dad would play slot machines and then beat the side of the slot machine with his cane when it didn't hit. And I was like, you know, it's designed to take your money, right? Like this is not a bug this is a feature it's designed to take your money and he would get mad at the slot machine so um it's in my blood and i can't help it so i would just give the advice of give yourself a chance to win every now and then don't make your whole life five team parlays hoping that you're going to turn three bucks into 400. give your chance to win yourself a chance to win two dollars and seventy cents every now and then on your straight bet when you've got a good read on the game or just listen to T. shoe Don't turn every T. Shue piece of advice into a parlay. Okay. T. Shue will also have a piece at cleveland.com slash OSU. You can go read it there. He writes up the stuff he's thinking. Hey, I'm thinking this. You can bet this. We're, we're back for the stretch run now. Assuming everybody stays healthy. Uh, it is certainly an interesting time of the college football season. And we are so glad you guys have made betting the Buckeyes part of your college football week. For Tyler Shoemaker, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk.